Welcome to Women in Venture Capital, a podcast by students for students. I'm Roshvina. And I'm Anvita. And we are from the Harvard Business School. Our guest today is Shruti Gandhi. Shruti is the founder of Array Ventures, a fund focused on enterprise, deep tech, early stage companies. She is also a professor in the CS department at Columbia University. Shruti spent her early years as a developer on mainframe security, collaboration tools, and data analytics, building a big data startup, Pensieve. She has been an investor at True Ventures and Samsung's Venture Fund, investing in early stage enterprise startups. Shruti has an MBA from University of Chicago, Booth, and MS from Columbia University. Thanks so much for joining us today, Shruti. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on. Thank you so much for having me. So jumping right in, Shruti, you mentioned that you came from India to the US uh, without any networks and built an enterprise SaaS company, Pensieve, which I was extremely amused and almost excited that it was inspired by Harry Potter. Uh, but love to hear your journey of starting it off and overall, how has it been for you? Uh, you know, that's a good question. I did not start and build a company right away. Um, I spent about a decade as an engineer um, at companies like IBM and uh, worked on various you know, tools, also built um, my technical skills at, a, at, at Columbia, uh, got my master's there in parallel while, while I was working. So I did pay my tech dues for a while. And then about a decade later, I thought, okay, I think I'm ready to start a company. What else do you need? Um, and that's how we ended up, and we can go more into that, but that's how I ended up um, starting Pensieve. Can you talk a little bit more about Pensieve? Yeah, it was around the time when I thought big data was going to be proliferating a lot, um, especially on the personal side. And my thesis was we're going to want to capture that data and refer it um, at different times in our lives. I may or may not be 100% right about that. And I'm not sure if humans actually care anymore. I think we're most search oriented. And um, there's so much data that it's kind of just, it's not like little items of clothing that you just keep for years. It's actually tons of data that our, our brain cannot even capture. So I may have been wrong with my thesis, um, and but that's what the idea was to help you sort through that data to reference it later in your life. Great. And in one of your addresses, you mentioned that not being able to raise at Pensieve because of how you looked pushed you to reverse engineer venture capital business and was the motivation to start Array Ventures. Curious to hear your experience about that. Yeah, looked is more, that's actually a great question. Um, looked is more from the concept of, um, you know, I was a technical founder, um, but not from the typical schools that VCs are used to backing, especially in those maybe, you know, at least 10 years ago, more. Um, and I did not have a team that was well known. Um, so looked, venture is all about pattern matching and optics. And, you know, you know it as well as I do. It's, you know, if you go to a university like you guys are going to, like Harvard Business School, and you come out of there, you have a different attention you're going to get over you know, even Columbia, um, just based on what VCs know uh, of what entrepreneurship hubs are and where students tend to come out of and start companies. Um, there's companies like Rent the Runway and others that have come out of HBS. And now there is, you know, um, some data for success from there. Otherwise, it was Stanford before. And even Berkeley had to fight harder, right? 
so what I meant by that, it's what I looked on my resume. Uh, it didn't matter what my technical skills were. That's usually not really that relevant oftentimes, unless you have worked on a certain kind of paper um, and you're you're doing certain kind of research under a certain kind of professor. Um, so that's that was what, what I meant by looked. Um, and when I went to, so as I said, I had about 10 years of engineering experience. And then I said, I think I'm ready to go start a company. Entrepreneurship is in my blood. <laughs> my my family is all entrepreneurs. We should just do this. And as I started on this journey, I would see companies after companies get funded in the same category, but I couldn't even understand what I needed. And I was in a I was in the wrong hub at the time. I was in Chicago, which was not as entrepreneurial friendly at the time. Um, for for like enterprise ish companies or, you know. It was it was just like wrong set for wrong set of things, and I had no idea. So that was what I meant by what I looked. I had no idea what I did not have. Um, what I did know, I had, I had the hustle, the technical skills, and I would figure it out. But that's not enough. So that's what I said. I want to go figure out what we need to go get funded to build a company that is venture scale. Um, you know, the growth that VCs look for. I had no idea what all that actually meant. The terms I'm using right now were so foreign to me at that time. Um, and right now, in the last 10 plus years, you've seen, you know, a lot of content talking about all this. So you can actually come in, read and know. At that time, it was, you know, I was probably like the only student my year from Booth um, that got into venture that year, basically. So I think it's, the world has changed. The context has changed. But for me, it was more about learning um, what I need. And the engineering brain in me said, let's go reverse engineer that process. And if I need to go figure it out, I'm going to go into venture. That's the best way. So that's how I got into venture. Um, that's that's really interesting, Shruti. So touching a bit more on that, how has been your journey building Array Ventures? Uh, in the entire life cycle of raising funds from LPs to even attracting great founders and companies to take capital from Array at the right price, right time. Uh, what have been some of the major hardships as well as learnings while building this out? Yeah, um, the building part, again, I think was more natural for me versus building a company. Um, I left to go start a company again because I said I figured out the VC game at, at the very least, what I needed at the, you know, the basics. And I, I think I was going to go build something else. And long story short, um, I had exits and I had founders at the time who kind of convinced me to go start a fund. And I, I fully, I can't, I knew I wanted to start a fund at some point, but it just felt so early in my career because it felt like a thing you do when you're so experienced and you've had multiple companies that have gone public and things like that. And you're wealthy and usually you're a white male. So I didn't look like any of that. So when I decided to go, just go start a company and people were convincing me to go start a fund, this was around 2015. Again, world was different at the time. And me too hadn't happened. And there were not that many women in venture. Um, even now there are not that many, obviously, but much more than 2015. So when when I decided to go start the fund, um, what again, I'm, I'm very technical minded. So at that time I was very clear that 
the world needs a venture fund that focuses on enterprise companies because there are many there are many funds out there even then there were many funds out there but they all focus on generalist investments and my strength is to be able to evaluate technology before it's built and to understand need in enterprise market um you know before anyone else does just based on my background based on what i do so that was a need and i think i was right about that and it's still true there may be many funds out there and there are, there's a lot of money out there but when you go start an enterprise company in devops security infrastructure right like cloud any of that stuff there are not that many funds out there who actually understand this and i'm not talking later stage funds i'm talking first check in the company right so that's that's what i do and it has made it very easier for me to one build a moat around what i do and to attract the right kind of founders who want money from people like me so i can help them get to the next stage so for us our biggest thing is we invest in companies and help them get to the next stage with not just technical side because i understand that but also go to market because that's the journey i've now spent and become an expert in so how do you become a company that is worthy for not just a next round which is a series a but from there on you know a large billion plus dollar company in x number of years so that's what we do and really not many funds out there do that so it's actually a great way for us to win deals nice um that that's super interesting and what has been your strategy to build an inclusive culture at RA? Is there any stance towards specific hiring practices? What are your plans to build a diverse and equitable access to capital in the long term? It's a great question. Um, you know, when people say that we're going to have these policies in place because we have to because the team itself is not diverse. So they almost have to go out of their way to think about it. But I always say that when you put diverse people in the decision making spot they don't have to try that hard which is why the things you guys are doing is pretty relevant right so for me i'm not sitting there judging a woman's woman founder's pitch wondering if this woman's going to be a great enterprise founder because i don't have that bias i you know they they're like me so i can see that i'm not even thinking that right i'm not thinking that they're not pitching a certain way they're not so super confident that's not the stuff i'm looking for which is a pattern a lot of other people look for so at our fund we have um without you know and our fund is enterprise fund we're not you know we're not a diversity focused fund even though that you could say that 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 should be a inherent thing everyone should focus on to begin with but um despite despite just being technically focused we have over over half of our founders are immigrants actually it's more but and then over um third of our founders are women founders which you can say that in a general enterprise world people can assume, people always assume women are starting like a fashion company and cosmetics company but frankly that's where the women are coming to us <laughs> um because we're investing in these companies and we don't have those biases and we just know that we just have to work together to help them get to the next stage and oftentimes what i discovered is talented amazing people just need some doors unlocked which is what i needed at the time so that's what we do 
This is just amazing, Shruti. You just brought home the exact point of why we are doing exactly what we're doing. Uh, you touched the perfect nerve where you said that you being at the decision-making table changes everything in terms of having no inherent bias, having, in fact, a little more conscious bias that I don't need to think of the person sitting next to me or in front of me differently because she could be of she's she's of a different gender or of a different color or race. So I think uh, this is amazing and exactly what we really need more women and higher diverse representation at decision making tables um just ending the chat with a, a, a set of advices that you'll have for women out there shruti so for folks especially women who are trying to break into uh, the entire venture investing ecosystem also moving up the ladder what is your advice on recruitment being prepared and even the networking aspect of it yeah actually you know what i have a um Substack like a newsletter focused just on this. So, and the next one is going to be on networking. You know, everyone talks about networking. I actually was going to once talk about how not to network. Uh, basically, I hate networking. Right? That I hate that word. Um, hate is a strong word. But um, I think what I focused on is genuine connections and being able to actually spend time with people that are not transactional. Um, I have funded founders. Uh, you know, when I was in business school, like you guys at Boot, I was working at a few funds and I helped those funds invest in a few founders and few companies. Those founders thereon went and got acquired. Um, so this was a company called Loku at the time and they were acquired by GoDaddy. Eight years later, I ended up funding the founder at my own fund. So relationship matters, right? This is a business where people track you. They have a data point on you. And they have every interaction matters. So my philosophy actually is to go into a meeting, a pitch, or any anyone else I'm talking to, and either share one thing that they will remember me for, you know, for, and learn one thing from them that I will respect my time and and them for. Um, that is a great way for me to make sense of the time and the you know, and all the networking events we have to go to. Um, I'm not out there to optimize on the 10 hands I can shake. It's more just even if I have one conversation, it's a genuine conversation that isn't, you know, people come to me like years and years and years later, and I don't have a great memory, but they always come back and say, oh, that conversation was great. I had someone call me four years later saying, you know, that thing you told me at the time, I shouldn't have taken that job. And I didn't even remember that I, you know, being honest, just as important. My philosophy is to, you know, never backtrack and remember what I said to someone. I just try like transparency. So I say the same thing to everyone else. Um, and so I don't remember what podcast you listen to, what, what anything online, but the story is true. It's the same. So that's what I focus on. So for people trying to get into venture and trying to think about, you know, what they should do that try to, I think do two things. Um, don't just network for the sake of networking. Don't ask for coffee, um, offer something. And I think that's a post I've written long time ago about the give and take um, philosophy. When you're asking for time, you're asking for brain, you're asking for thoughts, you're asking, um, you know, you always have something to offer, offer it. And by the way, maybe learn a little bit about the industry to, because there's so much content out there to even know that the fund might want X. So offer it. Don't be so stingy with your, time and and um your knowledge uh, because you're asking for that freely from others so that is a good way to actually 
be in a good books for someone in someone else's good books because if you're a stranger trying to make it which I I had no connections when I moved to the Bay Area I literally knew zero I had three three friends that that I knew from like my IBM days but that's it um one friend but the two were his other friends so that's how and then I crashed on their couch for a week and a half so I made three friends um that was what I knew and at that time that was 10 years ago and now I practically know a lot of people right so that is how you build networks you don't just take you give and you have this mindset of making the most out of that time by by sharing this is really invaluable shruti and i think you put it well it's relationship over network and there is a fine line between what the two uh, how the two are different and what should you be uh, almost prioritizing or having at the back of your mind so this has been amazing um thanks so much for joining us today uh, your journey has is has been inspiring um and what you're doing is just great um it it was a pleasure to have you on thank you so much for having me anvita and rashvina i think you guys are doing something awesome here and hopefully you uncover some amazing insights that i'm excited to learn about